I think I've got a podcast hangover. You think so? It's it's seeming like it at least. <laughs> like everything's just running together. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's this it's yeah, with all the awards and everything. It's it's yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah. But I think the levels are good ish. Good ish. Good ish. Alright. I guess we ought to start. Yeah. This was where music would come in handy. Yeah. We still need to get on that. True. Efforting. I'll effort that. <laughs> Till then, hey, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. I got it right this time. All right. First try. Yes, no mumbling, no no fumble. Just No fumble, yeah, yeah. It must be because I have coffee instead of wine. <laughs> that would be... That's... Uh, I should never blame the wine. I should never <laughs> no. do that. I should just own it. It's just me. Shame on you. Shame. I'm your host, Jeff Hall, with me almost 90% now. <laughs> yes, I'm, I've increased the level. Yes, <laughs> you're XPing up. Yes, uh, Patrick Terry here, hey. president of California. <laughs> and good morning to you, sir. Good morning. <laughs> so last night we uh, recorded we recorded an interview. Patrick was actually able to make it to one. Yes. So we'll just kick it off with that. With uh, We did a interview with uh, comedian Laura House for... A uh, special Valentine's episode that we're going to drop uh, Wednesday the twelfth is uh, what I put on my calendar to drop that. Uh, we talked about romantic movies, romantic comedies, and uh, it was overall just a fun time. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, after we got over some technical difficulties, my wife I decided it wanted to uh, record with the one in the with the uh, it wanted to try and connect with the one in the back instead of the one that was actually connected to the one where we record if that means anything so it screwed up our connection with her um but we got it situated and you know now i get to do some fun editing to try and <laughs> get everything pieced together right but i'm thinking this like we have a week to do i have a week to do that week and a half yeah True. so um other than that yeah hey man what's new <laughs> well um well, we did just have the Super Bowl. We did. Yeah, didn't watch it, but Kansas City Chiefs won. Uh, first time they won in 50 years. 50. Yeah. Five. Oh. Yep. And so apparently 49ers <laughs> have their own little curse they got to get over. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All the memes with Kaepernick said, do you do right by me? You know, <laughs> you're not going to win. So That that sounds, uh, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. I actually like that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was cool. <clears throat> yeah, no, I like that one a lot. Um, again, I'm kind of got that cold thing because it's Tennessee and the yeah. weather can't make up its mind. No, uh, it's going to be cold. It's beautiful out. It's going to be 70 today. I know. Like, and then wow. it's going to rain Yeah. in the afternoon and then the next three days. So I guess we're going to have winter, spring, summer, all in the Which same is, week. Why not? <laughs> why not? So don't go out there running in your shorts. You know, you're going to get pneumonia. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, by the time you get out, by the time you get changed and out there, it'll it will have changed again. Right. Um, yeah. So I sound peachy. <laughs> also, uh, yeah. Like I said, podcasting over. We had yeah. one last night, and we're back at it again. And I kind of thought it was funny because I I told my wife that you're coming back over, so we do our weekly one. Right. And she's like, "Well, he could have just spent the night." I said, "That's true. He could have stayed in York's room." I said, "That kind of." That kind of would have worked. <laughs> so, oh well, we'll think about that next time. If that if we have a 
a situation like that again. Right. But uh, just have a little sleepover. Oh, <laughs> like old times. Uh, yeah, uh, but um, one thing I did I did finally finish the book with a Trevor Noah book. Oh yeah, I did. how was it that? Was, it was good. Funny. Yeah. He's hilarious. Um, even though he had a lot of sad, tragic things happen, he put a nice comedic spin on it. So you're yeah. not just like oh boo hoo and you know yeah. like he's got a good sense of humor about his life. But yeah, and it'll be a, if they do it right, I think that'll be a pretty entertaining movie once they get it finished. Yeah, I'm, you know. You know what? Let me. While I'm thinking about it, I'm gonna look up and see who's directing it, and kind of give it. It'll kind of find out who's directing. It'll give a nice little spin as to. Um, you might be able to tell who's what kind of tone they're going for. Right. Um, what's the title of it again? I forgot. Uh, Born a crime. That's right. And then I've been watching a lot of his stand up on YouTube. It's like, yeah, dude's funny. And then of course he's on the Daily Show. So. My one of my favorite things he has a bit on. Uh, he has a bit where he talks about he he will have uh, he will have known that his stand up was a success if he could change people's minds on the proper way to pronounce zebra. Right. It's pronounced zebra, not ah. zebra. Ah. I'm like, that's really funny. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see here. Lizelle Tommy. Director known for Jessica Jones, The Walking Dead, and Born a Crime. That doesn't mm-hmm. tell you anything. <laughs> it's no. not an action. Is it going to be an action movie? <laughs> um, I would think it would be a like maybe a, a drama with some dark humor. Yeah. <laughs> maybe some fourth wall breaking. That's that's yeah. kind of, I kind of just see him like narrating things. Right. Maybe his younger self talking to himself like, "What are you talking about?" You know, yeah. something funny like that. Just real. Kind of well, self-aware. Yeah. Well, she's also directed an episode of Insecure that's on HBO, so that's comedy. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, there's... Okay. Should be interesting. Yeah. Cool. I have not finished any books. <laughs> um, more or less reread. And then, uh, you know, I haven't done any of that yet. Okay, cool. Um... I have been doing my best to, between uh, trying to schedule or, uh, when we're going to talk to Laura House and then um, trying to also schedule uh, our guest that we are going to have for our special Oscars um, episode, trying to get everybody ready for for this Sunday, which is crazy that it's already going to be this Sunday. Yep. But it's the Sunday. It's like um, as long as January was, February's already. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's already kind of. Sorry, like, hey, we're trying. We know we're the shortest a month. You want to say how short we really could be? Right. <laughs> um, but we uh, got it scheduled. It's I'm doing it Thursday afternoon. The episode will be up this Friday, so it'll be ready. Uh, say the ninth, eighth, seventh. So it'll be ready on. The, I'll have it ready to go on the seventh. I'm really looking forward to it. <clears throat> I'm very sad you're not going to be able to be there. Uh, timing. Timing you know. sucks. Yeah. yeah. But also, if I think if it's one of those that we had, if we didn't have like a deadline, like it needed to be recorded by a such such date. Right. Then I think we'd have more wiggle room. But since we're trying to fit it in and 
pretty much a week, you know, the calendar and everything just didn't work out. Um, but, um, but yes, I'm very excited. I'm actually a little bit nervous, but, uh, I'm sure that'll pass by. Um, you got this. Yeah. 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 Once it's showtime. Yeah, I know. Drop some knowledge. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so in, but in doing all that and trying to be sure we get everything kind of set up and arranged, um, in a short amount of time, uh, things are, you know, once that kind of passes by and once the Academy Awards are over, I'll probably be able to breathe a little bit. It's just award season. As much fun as it is, at least for me, it's also... <laughs> it's like a, what, December to February type thing? Um, it's pretty much just January, January. If you think about it. I mean, at least the awards themselves okay. start pretty much at the end of the year. Um, or at the beginning of the year, because uh, Global Globes kick it off and then SAG and then... BAFTA was last night, or, well, yesterday for us yeah. in the States. You know, um, so, and of course, they weren't televised here. Um, but I have the results. Um, good segue yeah. <laughs> of, of sorts. Um, so real quick, um, for those that are interested, <clears throat> Best Film went to, uh, at the BAFTAs, went to 1917. Outstanding British Film went to... 1917 the uh let's see outstanding debut by by a british writer director or producer is uh mark jenkin who wrote and directed the movie bait um kate byers win weight uh for producers and then uh film not in english language parasite one so it's it's gonna just so if you're keeping track it's one it's it is swept so far, um, so it, of course, then again, 1917 and all the <clears throat> has also been winning. Right. So, um, kind of a good chance that it's got some good momentum going into this Sunday. Best documentary uh, for Sama. I have that's like the one of the few ones I haven't watched yet. Right. Um, I think it's on PBS. So I might watch that. Well, I'll be watching it this week at some point. Um, Animated film, Klaus, or Klaus, I guess, you know, it's K-A-K-L-A-U-S. So it's supposed to be, it's the Santa Claus animated movie that's on Netflix. Okay. So I'm sure it's Klaus, but anyways, that one animated film, it actually beat Frozen 2 um, and Toy Story 4. So that's interesting. Shocker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Director, Sam Mendes won for 1917. Uh, original screenplay went to Parasite, which I was very excited for. I was kind of hoping that would have won for Golden Globes, but it right. did not. Um, I went to freaking Tarantino. I wonder if they actually gave Parasite best screenplay because um, Bong Joon-ho makes such beautiful speeches. Maybe. Instead of Tarantino, who gets up there and sounds like an idiot. <laughs> Perhaps. Possibly. Possibly. They saw that. Also, Parasite's a much better script. I said that at the Golden Globes, too. Yes. Um, Adapted screenplay went to Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. And uh, leading actress went to Renee Zellweger. She has swept all of them. She's, uh, she won Golden Globes, SAG, and now BAFTA. So she's three out of four so far. And, you know, so, so far, three for three. Yep. <clears throat> Uh, Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. Of course, I think that's he's one. He's three for three. Yep. 
Laura Dern were one for Marriage Story. She's three for three. Yep. So it's helping making making good picks. You know, Brad Pitt won for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for Supporting Actor. He's three for three. <laughs> I guess we got a pattern going here. There's a slight <laughs> pattern. Yeah, no one's deviated so far. Mm-mm. I'm gonna butcher that name again. Uh, Hildur Gudnatoder. Sure, it sounds like a name. Um, for Joker, one original score. Okay. I'll have comments about that <clears throat> when we get talking to him. I'm gonna make a note to him trying to bring that up. Uh, casting, which is not really one that. I mean, this is one of the few award shows that actually has it on their ballot thing that they actually do and not one that they have, like, an off-show right. winner or whatever you call it. Went to Joker, actually. Wow. Yeah. I thought maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would have won that one, but I guess not. Hmm. Um, cinematography went to 1917. Of course. We will definitely get into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Editing went to, uh, actually went to uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which is why I picked that one for Golden Globes because right. it's a race car movie. I yeah. figured it'd have to have a lot of good editing. True. <coughs> um, production design went to 1917. Again, I completely understand why. Uh, let's see here. Did I get all those? Nope. Uh, costume design went to uh, Little Women, period piece. It's yeah. going to win. Um, makeup and hair went to Bombshell. I was like, all right, yeah. sure. Yeah. I would have given it to probably either Rocket Man or even Judy, but Bombshell it is. <laughs> Can't give him something. <laughs> Sound went to 1917. Yes, definitely. Um, special visual effects went to 1917. Yeah, yeah it beat I out mean... Avengers. It beat out Avengers. The Lion King and Star Wars. Dude, it beat I mean, out... It I, beat I mean, out I the could... Lion King. That's all the Lion King is. <laughs> it's all visual. <laughs> it's all that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can I can see it winning, though. I mean, because of what... Just, oh. It's just... Yeah. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's practical. Brit- yes. British short animation went to Granddad Was a Romantic. Cute. I don't know that one. Um, and then there's two more. Uh, British short film went to learning to skateboard in a war zone. In parentheses, if you're a girl, close parentheses. <laughs> I will talk about that. I'm actually going to talk about that one today. All right. And um, the EE Rising Star Award went to Michael Ward, who I do not know. I actually was hoping he'd either go to Caitlin Deaver or Aquafina, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, and there you go. That's your BAFTA. Your BAFTA winners, I will, uh, because I don't have enough going on, <laughs> um, I'm going to try and make actually like a spreadsheet mm-hmm. of sorts and then post it with the winners from all the, at least the major categories. Right. And uh, of all three award shows, Golden Globe, SAG, and BAFTAs. And then I'll post that so everybody can see kind of the pattern. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, that way, when you make your Oscar picks, it'll be a good little guide to to go by. Yeah, and see if there's any shockers that may happen. Yeah, and which would it be great. Happen. Actually, no, it wouldn't be great. No. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be great. But I mean, at the same time, it'll it'll help. You know, it'd be. You know, I, I'm all for shockers. I don't mind being wrong if it's one that I 
if I have someone, you know, I'd rather win. Yeah. I should win. If a should win wins instead of a will win, right? I'm I'm good with that. We'll have to do should wills too. Yeah. Um, Patrick and I will have our ballots up. I will. We'll have a comment thread on the fan page so everybody can post their ballots. I'll have the ballots up so everybody can take that. You can either save it and then uh, print it off, fill it out, and then take a picture with your phone and then submit it. That'll work. Yeah. Or if you're like me and have kind of gotten to where I have with the past two, at least with SAG and with uh, Golden Globes, I have it on my, I save it on my phone and then I use the little markup function and then that's how I just make the picks and then I save it again and then oh, yeah. upload it. Yeah, that works too. Okay. Just depends on how new school or old school you want to go. True. True. Um, but yeah, so we'll have those up. Um, Ruth was actually working on the was working on the tumbler yesterday and had one little slip up and. It, yeah, so she, she's still working on it. Um, but yes, the Tumblr is the for the winning person. Be ready and be ready to go for ready luck, for whoever the lucky winner is. Or shipping, whichever, yep. whichever happens. Whatever, yeah. Yep. So, um, and yeah, I think that's about it, man. Let's get into it. You are first, and I'm making go yeah, first. Even you got a lot to talk about, and you just talk, so I have no problem going first. All right, man, knock it out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I guess, from worst to middle. It's not necessarily best. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, first, I'm gonna talk about this movie I watched on Prime Video. It's an older movie from 2011 called Manborg. Okay, how'd you find out about this movie? Um. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Mr. Bruce, Mr. Bruce Lee. Oh, so we know who to blame, and not the martial art person. We actually right. know someone named Bruce Lee. Right. And um, he talked about it, showed me the trailer, and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna go home and watch this. <laughs> and it, I, I, I was thoroughly entertained. But um, so this movie was originally released September 22nd of 2011. Okay. The runtime is only 70 minutes, so you're not really spending a lot of time. Yeah. Watching. Uh, the director is Stephen. Kostansky. Okay. And the budget, $1,000 Canadian dollars. 1000 Canadian dollars. 1000 Canadian dollars. Okay. Keep talking. Yeah. Um, the cast, you have Matthew Kennedy, Adam Brooks, Meredith Sweeney, Connor Sweeney, and Ludwig Lee. Uh, the basic premise is <clears throat> you have the plot, basically, is you have Count Draculon played by Adam Brooks, and his Nazi vampire forces seek to take over Earth during a Hell Wars. A soldier, played by Matthew Kennedy, is killed attempting to fight the Count, then transformed into Manborg after his body is fitted with robotics. And he teams up with these other people, um, and they pretty much have to fight their way out for freedom. The CGI is, like, very, I guess, like... Hmm. Maybe a ten-year-old could do it. Okay. It seemed like they they just went into a room with green screen, did their scenes, and then later just put everything else in post-production because they had them going through doors where you can tell there was not a door there. It's just pretty much green screen and then oh, okay. effects because they would walk toward the wall, then the door would close like they're gone. It's, gotcha. It's it was it was entertaining. It's not good. The acting is very humorous and. Not great. Is it kind of like 
the room and the and it's kind of bad acting. Like it's so bad, it's good. Yeah, it's kind of in that list, kind of like yeah. Troll Two, The Room. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, as far as entertainment value, it it was it was worth watching. It was. It was I guarantee because it's on Amazon Prime, they're getting their money back. Oh yeah, and then some. They're oh, actually yeah. making a profit off of this. Oh yeah, and then at the end they have like a maybe five minute fake trailer for a movie called Biocop, and that looked interesting in itself. Then I saw that there's actually a movie called Biocop on Prime Video. So I don't know. I might I might watch it and talk about it, but I, I don't. I it's it's I don't know. It depends on if I just want to watch some really bad movies. There you go. <laughs> after watching all the after getting bombarded with all the really good movies, you got to even it out somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, I just I did the conversion for you because you know Google. Mm-hmm. Um, thousand Canadian dollars equals seven hundred and fifty three dollars and twelve cents. Wow. U.S. American. I guess that shows if you're passionate about what you want to do, you can do it no matter the budget. <laughs> right? Wow. And that's right. 2011, so I don't mean adjust it for inflation or anything. Right. Because I am terrible when it comes to math. <laughs> but it was it was, it was was fun time. Um, next movie I watched recently took my daughter to see The Turning. Okay. Uh, this was released January 24th of this year. Uh, Runtime is 94 minutes. Directed by Floria Sigismondi. I hope I, I might have butchered that, but. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Um, budget was $14 million, <coughs> And at the time of writing this, the, the box office was $10.5 million, And I checked last night, and it actually evened out. It's $14 million right now. Oh, so it's okay. broke even so broke far. Broke even. Well, you know, the beautiful thing about horror movies. And I'm really glad you went and saw this because I, I love Mackenzie Davis. Yeah. I, 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 I've seen that trailer three times. I'm like, I'm not going to go see this movie. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, no, uh, that's a hard pass. Um, my daughter wanted to see it. So I said, I'll wait and see it. Which, I was, I was kind of going to check it out, but I was like, no, nah, we can go. We didn't get to see the, the grudge, you know, because I was like, we're not going to see that. That's boring. <laughs> and then we see this, and I'm just like, well, I might as well took her to see the grudge. <laughs> right. Uh, but along with Mackenzie Davis, we have Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. And I think he's in the new Ghostbusters movie, too, coming up. Yep, I think so, too. Uh, have Brooklyn Prince, uh, Jody Richardson, and Barbara Martin. Uh, the basic premise is a young woman quits her job as a teacher to go be a private tutor or governess to a young, wealthy girl whose previous tutor has, quote-unquote, went away. That's one way to put it. Right. <laughs> Uh, the young girl does have a degenerate brother, and uh, both are cared for by their maid, Miss Gross. And um, their parents died in an accident near the home, and it was witnessed by their daughter, Flora, okay. played by Brooklyn, and uh, which caused the trauma to where she doesn't want to leave the house. Well, she, she, she's cool with leaving the yeah. house, playing in the yard, but she doesn't want to leave the grounds. So she kind of freaks out when that happens. Um, some notes. Production for this movie actually began in 2016. Okay. And it was described as a passion project for Steven Spielberg, who was once an executive producer but he left the project. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, this takes place in Maine of 1994. Okay. Because they show, they actually started off showing a video saying that um, about Kurt Cobain, you know. That oh. Thing. So, 94, and apparently it happened the day, starts off on the day Kurt Cobain passed away, or was found dead. Okay. Um, it's based on the 1898 horror novella 
The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. Oh, yeah. And um, apparently there's going to be another movie based on this book released later, I think either this year or next year. I, I, I forgot the name of that. So it's not... There'll be another chance to see another movie from this. From this, from the compare and contrast. Right. Um, I'll say that the movie did have a decent concept, right. but it kind of failed in execution. Okay. And this movie really, it does not have a clear ending. Okay. It's one of those movies that just ends, you're just like, what? Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it started off feeling like The Grudge. I was like, oh no, it's, it, this is a January movie, so, but it kind of, built up and I was like okay we're getting a little better the intensity yeah. the suspense is getting a little more and then we get to the end and it just like left you just like <laughs> it's kind of like watching your favorite football team they're down by five right and all they need is a touchdown to win and you're running back breaks free and you're on your own 20 now they you know cross the 50 they're about to hit the hit the goal line and then the safety comes back and pops the ball out of his hand it's like dang just <laughs> That's how they. And then the time ran out. Yeah, times ran out. (laughs) And then credit started rolling above them. And that's just that's just how I felt. (laughs) Like ah, like you're almost there. Or when they showboat the goal line and get the ball knocked out, it's like ah, you're almost there. Like I wanted to like it, but the way it ended is just just it it left you sour. Yeah, left me feeling so empty. (laughs) Um, Yeah, (laughs) and my daughter (laughs) said there was only like one part where she was kind of legit scared. Okay. So. Um, my last movie, Like a Boss. Okay. So, <clears throat> this movie was released January 10th of this year. Had a runtime of 83 minutes, so also relatively short. Uh, the budget, $29 million, and at the time of me writing this, it was $23.7 million as far as the box office. So, it's close to kind of making that back. Uh, we have Tiffany Haddish, who plays uh, Mia Carter. Okay. And Rose Byrne plays Mel Page. They're both co-owners of this cosmetic shop. Uh, they've been friends since middle school, and they grew up to open up their own um, cosmetic shop. You also have Selma Hayek as uh, Claire Luna, who is a cosmetics mogul, as they describe her. Um, Jennifer Coolidge as Sydney. I and, like her. Yeah. <laughs> She's great. And Billy Porter as Barrett. And they both work in Mel and Mia's shop. Uh, Billy Porter is more, he's like the handcrafter of the the makeup. Um, Tiffany Haddish is the creative, and Rose is more of the business savvy person. Okay. So you got the different personalities. Um, The director is Miguel Arteta, who previous work was The Good Girl, and then Alexander and the Terrible Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. That's their credit, his credit. Okay. I actually watched that one. New York wanted to watch it because he was all about that book for the longest time. Right. And so we we watched the movie. It's cute. It's fine. It's a great kid's movie. It's got uh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw the, I looked at the posters like, I might check it out. It's, it's for, for a kid's movie, it's good. It's good. The kid, I mean, New York liked it. Um, it's not like it's favorite, but he really, I mean, he enjoyed it. Yeah. So we, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's. That I didn't. So it's not it's really not, like for adults. Like you know, it's not like a good. Be. It's not. It's a good kids movie. It's yeah. not a good family movie. Does that make uh, sense? It's, it's not, not one the entire family is going to enjoy. Okay. Like a Pixar movie, minus Frozen, or Cars Two. Um, <laughs> they yeah. all have their every, every place has their misses. Um, True. Like That's most true. Pixar movies. <laughs> right. Um, it's not a family movie in that sense, but it is a good 
kids movie because kids will like it. Okay. There we go. That's right. that's, that's <laughs> how I'm explaining that. There you go. That's a, yeah. So that's how I'm explaining that. Um, so like I said, they've been friends since middle school and opened up a small cosmetic shop. But business isn't going well, and uh, as far as profits, and but one of their products catches the attention of Miss Carolina, played by Sama Hayek, and she offers to pay off their debt and give them an opportunity to kind of present their product for a chance to for her to invest. Uh, more money into that. Okay. So kind of like a, almost like a Shark Tank kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but she has ulterior motive. <laughs> the hell you say. In which they show in the trailer, you know. Yeah. Um, some pros that I take from this movie is uh, Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne, they have, they have great chemistry. Okay. Can't take that away. Um, I would love to see them in another movie. Yeah. It's like this just wasn't, wasn't it. Right. But, but you did see their great chemistry. Um. They do come across as friends who've known each other for a while, so that that, that definitely came across very well. Uh, you have a, had a decent supporting cast, and you could tell that the cast had fun making the movie. Uh, it's relatively short, and I still feel the movie's watchable, but you know it does have a particular audience that it's going for. Um, Con best and funniest moments were in the trailer, as most oh. comedies are. It definitely doesn't, you know. Escape that. Yeah. Because uh, one scene where they were showing Billy Porter, you know, saying, witness my magic moment, my tragic moment. Oh, yeah. When they played that scene in completion, I was like, this would have been so much funnier if we didn't see it in the trailer. Because it was actually funny. It was probably like the funniest, the most okay. I laughed yeah. out of all the scenes. And um, and like I said, there's a specific audience for this movie, and I definitely am not it. Gotcha. <laughs> I, I sat there yeah. quiet most of the time. I had a few chuckles, but overall, I didn't laugh as much as I would have liked to <laughs> right but um you know I mean it's watchable I don't it's not it's I'd say like if you decided you want to rent something out of Redbox or go to the library put it on background right. you know like that but yeah it's definitely a January movie <laughs> right yeah, yeah so I think wouldn't you agree that Rose Byrne's kind of an underrated actress yeah, I mean, because I, I haven't, like, I, I saw, she was in Neighbors. I barely remember. Yeah, I remember she was in both Neighbors. That, that was that was a good movie. That, I actually thought that was funny. But, um, yeah. She's, so, kind of give you an idea of how she's very, like, she doesn't stick to one genre. She's mm-hmm. very well-rounded actress as far as, like, she plays, she doesn't stick to kind of one thing, and that's just worth, like, she's not a comedic actress that just sticks to, to comedies right i mean although yes she's been in both neighbors movies she was she was in even in peter rabbit or the peter rabbit oh, movies yeah. um she's in the insidious movies i haven't seen any of those me either i think i've seen i may have seen the first one but don't remember it um she was in the movie spy with uh melissa mccarthy i didn't she, see that oh that that one surprisingly good okay I checked that one out from the library, and I laughed so hard. I really actually ended up enjoying that one. Okay. Um, with the it's her, Jason Statham, and yeah, I I would say, is it Clive one. Owen? I, can't, I, I did want to see it, but I never made it to the theater before they pulled it. But I did. Jude want Law. To see it. Sorry, Jude Law is in it. Okay. Um, but no, it's actually a lot of fun. Allison Janney's in it. Like, there's a lot of good people in it, and it, it, it's Paul Feig directed it, so. It's actually pretty funny, and unlike some comedies, they don't put all the funny parts in the trailer. 
Okay. So that's why I ended up like it. Yeah. Um, but she does play an amazing straight person, like kind of like the Bud Abbott of of uh, comedy teams, where she's more serious. Yeah, she yeah. plays some more serious kind of str- plays it straight. Yeah. But that's a lot. A lot of times, that's harder to do than playing the goofball. True. And uh, you know, most straight people, straight actors, um, of in comedies don't I don't think get enough credit because it's a lot harder to do that. Yeah. Because it's a lot harder to try not to laugh <laughs> than it is to you know just be yeah. goofy. Um, she was an independent film called Adult Beginners with Nick Kroll that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I leave you. That's um, a dramedy, I guess. Um, let's see here. Uh, Place Beyond the Pines. She was played a straight actor. Well, it's not a comedy; it's a drama. She had a small role in that one. She's been in the the new X Men. She's been one of the better parts of the X Men movies because oh, yeah. she plays the FBI agent or what is it, government agent. Played Maria McTaggart. Yep. Yeah. And okay. of course, uh, one of her big ones uh, in Bridesmaids, she was the bride. I um, enjoy that movie too. Yeah. And um, but yeah, she's been in some very. I forgot she was in Twenty Eight Weeks Later. God, that's been forever. Two thousand seven. Oh. Um, but yeah, Marie Antoinette, uh, Troy. She was even in Troy. I mean, she's been an actress for a while and has a variety of different ones. But uh, yeah, I just I really <coughs> excuse me. I really enjoyed her work and you know kind of wish you you know she'd get more recognition for the you know the kind of roles that she picks and right. yeah. But I really I've really enjoyed. She's not like my favorite, but I just really enjoy her work and and the stuff she chooses for yeah. sure. But yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed her and Kimberly's chemistry. It just seemed like maybe if there was better writing. Maybe the director actually directed instead of just saying, especially for Tiffany, she's, they just like for the comedic scenes, just just do your they just thing. Like, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out later. <laughs> you know, right, we'll figure it out in the post. Yeah, which is never a good way to direct. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like she wasn't as much like Tiffany wasn't as yell. You know, she's normally loud, yeah. yelling. Um, what was it? Night school with uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, that one. She seemed like she was actually being directed. <laughs> you know, right. Like I enjoyed her in that movie, even though overall the movie wasn't. That great. Some of its parts. Yeah. All that. Yeah. But um. But here it just seemed more like, dude. Like even in the kitchen, I liked her performance in the kitchen. Yeah. You know? But um. Yeah. Because it was different. Yeah. Different. She had to. She didn't have a choice because she's not a comedic person in that one. Exactly. It's a more of a serious turn on it. Right. Yeah. All right. Is that it? That's all. I okay. Had this week. All right. <laughs> so um. As we kind of talked about a little bit i'm doing my oscar push 2020 which feels like i'm giving birth to the oscars but no it's <laughs> that'd be kind of creepy um uh. <laughs> yeah disturbing um no i'm trying to watch as much as i can at least of the features and shorts you know the films themselves not so much just the performances that got nominated if the even though the film itself didn't right like i haven't seen judy I probably won't see Judy before the end of the week, which is fine. I think the fact that she's Renee Zellweger has won the past three awards for her role, I think I'm okay with checking that box. Right, <laughs> right. And going, probably. it's like, yeah, uh, you won the last three? I'll go ahead and pick that without even seeing it. I'll get around to seeing it at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Just 
you know, there's just other ones I kind of want to go see that are higher on the priority. Right. Um, but I, I always like to try, at least especially now with the, the way the internet is and making it more accessible with being able to watch the shorts, the documentary, live actions, animated shorts, all those, and even just documentaries and even the features, um, making it more accessible to do that. I try and make it a point to try and watch those instead of just going, I don't know, I kind of like this name. What's, you know, like a, like I used to have to. And, and then if I get it right, well, that's great. If, and if yeah. I get it wrong, oh, well, you know. Yeah. You know, it'd be great if I'd be able to watch these. Right. Now I can. Um, so I watched, <clears throat> I watched three of the shorts this week, um, this past week. The first one I sent you the link to because it's on YouTube. It's 17 minutes long. It's called the Nefta Football Club. This one is the payoff at the end's worth watching this. It is subtitled. It's um, it's about these, it's about these two guys trying to smuggle drugs across the border using a donkey that has been trained to. I guess it wanders off. They and then whoever has the drugs puts it in the saddles, okay, on the side, and then. It's wearing headphones, <laughs> and it's been, I guess, kind of like Pavlovian. It's been trained, right? To if you play the song, um, if you play Adele, the singer Adele, um, I forgot what song it is. I don't think it's Rolling in the Deep. It's one of Adele's songs. It has been trained to go back to where it was, like it knows its way back for whatever reason. Wow. It's been. They trained a donkey to do that. Well, one of the idiot, they can't find the donkey, so they're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to find it, and in doing so, one of the guys admits that he thought he said Hadel instead of Adele, and he ended up playing just the first song on the MP3 player. Mm. So the do- <laughs> so that's why the donkey hasn't returned, because the wrong song got played. Dang. So that's kind of the MacGuffin of it. Okay. Ooh. And uh, so these two kids that are riding on a on like a little moped thing through the uh, I want to say this takes place in the Middle East. Um, I forgot what country uh, submitted this one, but uh, they are anyways. They're riding through the through the mountains and stuff, and then they come across the donkey. Mm-hmm. The youngest one gets off the motorcycle and decides to walk the donkey back, and he sees the the drugs that are in there and he's like and the older one sees it and you know kind of, you can see his reaction knowing what it is but right. the younger the younger kid's like well what is this and then the older one says it's laundry detergent <laughs> why would someone have a bunch of i don't know but we're going to take it back so they so they we the donkey but they take all the they, they had like a little trailer thing i guess and uh they pack all the drugs in there put it in like a big like duffel bag and uh, take it back with them. The older one's intent is to try and sell it and right. make some money because they they're poor and their um, the extra money would help do that. You know, right. move along. Um, but in, during the entire bike ride, they're talking about who the best soccer player, or at least American soccer, but football everywhere else. Right. Um, trying to talk about who the best player is, and they're arguing about that. So you could. And then about how when they get back, he, the younger one wants to go out and play soccer or whatever. Yeah. 
So the older one tells the one guy not to, or tells the youngest, don't mess with this. You know, I'll take care of this. Yeah. Okay. And he thinks his laundry detergent anyways. And then, uh, but anyways, so they get back. The, the older kid tries to sell the drugs and the and brings the guys back. And then the younger one uses it for something else because he thinks his laundry detergent. Right. And I'm not going to tell the ending because it's worth watching because the payoff's amazing. Okay. But gets into a, the older one kind of gets in a little bit of trouble, but not like nothing bad happens. Okay. Like nothing, yeah, serious happens to him. But it's it, it's really good. It's definitely worth watching. I mean, 17 minutes of your day is definitely well vested in watching this. Okay. And it's on YouTube again. It's called the Nefta N E F T A Football Club. It will probably be my pick for live action short. Because right. it's uh, the other ones that are in the category that I've seen. This one's my favorite. It's the most entertaining. Uh, the next two are documentary shorts categories. Um, it's called, the first one is called Inside the Abyss. It's it's on YouTube, but it's if you type in Inside the Abyss, you will not get it. You will get the trailer for it. If you type it into Google, it'll bring up like your video categories, mm-hmm. like your videos. And then it'll have the one, whatever one has the one that's like 27 minutes long, click that one and then it takes you to YouTube and it has it under, I think, the uh, film company's title. Okay. And then dash whatever. Okay. So algorithms and all that just didn't right. populate correctly. Um, this one's about a boat that sinks um, in South Korea. It's a ferry boat that was hauling like 400 passengers. Two, about half of them were students from a school. They were going, I guess, on a field trip or something mm-hmm. to an island. And the and again, it's a documentary, so this actually happened. So it flips out the uh, ship for whatever reason capsizes, like it flips over, and <clears throat> and they're showing actual footage and everything from people's phones, from people's, from you know actual documentary footage. Um, of people, you know, just got their life preservers on. They're being instructed to stay where they are, not to move. Right. Inside the cabins and everything. And the captain is the first one you see that gets right, that gets off the boat, which I gave <laughs> the exact same look. Usually, the captain's the last one, at least to any other rule I've ever seen. The captain's the last one that gets right. off the boat. They go down um, with the ship. Yeah, captain goes down with the ship. Uh, but that did not happen in this one. I'm like, um, y'all, I'm out of here. <laughs> pretty much. He's like, deuces, my bad. I'm sure. But I'm the uh, actual captain. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's probably like, where's your Somali pirate when you need one? Cause <laughs> they can be the captain now if they want. Um, but it's, whereas the, you know, the Nefta Football Club is very charming and sweet. This one is tragic and heart-wrenching, but it is so good. It is, like, it is so good. Um, I definitely want to recommend that um, people watch, or watch this one. It is, it, but it, it also shows, like, the government's, the way the government, um, their reaction to it is very reactive, but it's also... Hey, stay put. Don't, don't, you know, don't move. Right. Meanwhile, the ship is actually sinking. Mm. Like it's, like it's, 
uh, it shows footage of when it the water actually gets under gets in it and then it starts to flip over. It's only got one Coast Guard boat. The the other boats you see show up to try and get people and people are starting to jump off at this point because wow. they're smart and they're like screw you guys. Yeah. I, this thing's gonna sink and I'm not gonna die on here. Right. Um. So they what they do is they uh, the government you know and the president is at home still in bed and just talking on the phone and just like, Oh, well, yeah, well, as long, be sure you get everybody off the boat. No one dies. I don't want any, I don't want any, uh, I don't want any deaths. Okay. Right. So do what you have to do, but you must get them off. Okay. Okay. And like, meanwhile, they're showing like, while they're, you hear the audio of that, you're seeing the visual of it going down. Like there's the tails, like only, the only thing sticking up. Wow. It's Yeah. So they were able to rescue, I want to say, like half. And the rest went down because the water just overtook it. Yeah. And they just went down with the ship. And they ended up, like, they had divers going out trying to rescue people, like volunteer divers. Right. Trying to go and, I mean, there's one guy, they said that, and there's a lot of interviews in this as well. And with parents, with the divers, and it's just so moving, so tragic, trying to hear these stories. And this one diver, he's he. They say you're only supposed to dive, I guess, once a day. He went down three or four times a day wow. to try and rescue. And then, um, yeah. And they just, and then it goes into the to people wanting answers. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously parents and family members wanting right. answers. So they end up, uh, they end up impeaching the president, have a trial, and removing the president. Mind you, this is now the second movie I've watched in which <laughs> they have tried the president, impeached the president, and removed said president. The other one was The Edge of Democracy that I talked about last episode. Okay. And that one's in jail. Wow. So apparently things work a lot better overseas than they apparently do here in the States. Apparently. You can impeach them, but I guess they're not going to... Anyways, whatever. Um... <laughs> So anyway, so it's so worth watching. It's done so well. It's very beautiful document. It's again, it's 20, 27 minutes, but it definitely immerses you. Right. I don't think that's a pun. <laughs> it's not meant to be. <laughs> unintended. But, yeah, unintended pun. Um, but it, it does. It gets, it pulls you in, and I think one of the things that helps is I noticed during the credits that. Um, one of the executive producers was Laura Petraeus, who um, was the director and producer of the movie Citizen Four, the Edward Snowden documentary. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. I still, to this day, can watch it and still get something new out of it. And it's just so, wow. It's just so informative and just crazy. She actually won an Oscar for that one, speaking of Oscar. She won an Oscar for Citizen Four. Um, she then did another one, I think it's called... She did a Julian Assange one I didn't like as much. It was still, it was okay. It just kind of showed how big of a douchebag Julian Assange is. Right. Um, and um, but it was good. It's just not as good. But this, you could tell, has kind of her fingerprints on it and done so well. It was just, this is probably going to be my pick for documentary short, although there are so many good ones in this category. Yeah. And then lastly is the one that won at, BAFTA, learning to skateboard in a war zone when you're a girl, 
If you have Hulu, you can you can um, watch it on there. It's about 20 minutes long. It's also pretty good. Um, it uh, it takes place in Afghanistan, where uh, these girls in poor communities they take uh, these teachers go around they find um, young girls in poor communities and they put them in school mm-hmm. and they teach them and then teach them how to you know basically I mean school so right. so they can um, so they can uh, you know, learn and become productive members when they get older. Afterwards, they go to this building and they teach them how to skateboard. Because skateboarding is only for boys if you're on the streets. Right. Girls are not pretty much as looked down upon them to skateboard, I guess. Which is sad. Um, but they, uh, but yeah, they're... They're, it's frowned upon for them to skateboard, so they have to, you know, so they have to kind of rely on, on uh, this facility that has ramps and half pipes and all that stuff. Okay. And they teach these young girls how to skateboard, and it's kind of cool because it shows, you know, the way they break up uh, each segment in this documentary short. They mm-hmm. have just basically standing on the board, you know, balance. Right. And then they. Show different things, and then they also show like stuff at school and then stuff at home, you know, stuff at home. And then I'll say like step two, like push off, and then it's you know, like everything kind of fits perfectly. Right. It's very cute. It's very informative. I don't think it's gonna win. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it, but I didn't. Compared to what I've seen, yeah. it's not my favorite. I guess. Um, I think in the absence will probably win. But I really, but but it was cute though, and it's it was cool to watch, you know. It's um, and they do interviews with, with the girls and even with their parent, with their mothers, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty interesting. So that that was learning to skateboard in a war zone when you're a girl. Um, and we're already running, yeah, close to time. <laughs> um, real quick, I'll talk about Pain and Glory. Uh, it's documentary. It's actually not documentary feature. <laughs> it is best foreign language film nominee with Antonio Banderas, and it's actually really good. It's uh, it's I believe out of Spain. It takes place in Madrid, so I'm assuming probably that's what country they're probably representing. Um, Pedro Almodovar, who uh, directed the movie, he is a fantastic filmmaker. Um, most people will know him either from Talk to Her. Um, Let's see here. The Skin I Live In, also with Antonio Banderas. Broken Embraces with... Um, oh, I always forget her name. <laughs> with Penelope Cruz. Oh, yes, I forgot Penelope Cruz's name. Don't remember. <laughs> um, it happens. Yeah. Volver, which also... Um, Bad Education, Talk to Her. Mm-hmm. All those movies. Uh, so, he... Uh, he directed this one with Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz. <laughs> um, Penelope Cruz plays his mom uh, in the kind of flashback scenes. So the best way I could kind of um, describe this movie, because it's kind of hard, because it takes there's a lot of different styles of flashbacks. Right. Um, with a different, there actually is a twist at the end. 
but it's not like a big reveal. To, I mean, it's not by a twist. I mean, there's a reveal, I guess, at the end. You're like, oh, I kind of like how they did that. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Um, basically, it's about a film director played by Antonio Banderas that reflects on on the choices he's made as past, present, or as past and present come crashing down around him. Um, basically, a film he made 30 years ago is coming back for like a revival, okay. and they're doing like question answers like a tour you know um so he does that but then he's all um he had a rough time with his lead actor right and he it's a movie that it's not attaining banderas's character's favorite movie that he's made because the actor didn't play it the way he wanted him to but even though it's been critically acclaimed and all you know like it's the most popular but it's his least favorite right and so he hadn't talked to the actor in a long time. They kind of made up and throughout the film. And then you find out things about Antonio Banderas' wife growing up. And then also during that time while making that movie in his personal life, mm-hmm. it's um, and then he has all these medical ailments that he... You're, I don't think it's really ever kind of revealed whether or not he's like hypochondriac or if he's just a... Like he's just trying to get more opioids to to help, you know. Right. I mean, there is something that reveals later on in the movie about his uh, about something that occurs to him medically. Um, but overall, it's a it's a character study. It's very well done. Antonio Banderas is probably one of the best acted roles I've seen him in. As far you know, not just playing the action guy or you know or something like that. It's uh, it's actually really well done, and he, I mean, it's in his native language, so I think that helps too because he's not having to try and remember lines in English, true, you know, which can kind of take some actors out. I think, I would imagine, I don't even know, yeah, but um, it's a lot more fluid that way. He's really, really able to kind of delve into the character. He seems more comfortable. Yeah, and he's de- they. I need to look. I'm curious. I'm gonna. I'm going to make myself do math here. Because he looks fairly old in this movie, which he's supposed to. He's supposed to be aged. Let's see. 40. It's, no, it's about right. He's, God, he's old. He was born in 1960. Wow. Yeah. But he still looks older than what he is. <laughs> I mean, um, but they did a good job with that. Uh, I really recommend it. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's good. I don't. It's not going to be Parasite. It's, it's not good enough to be Parasite. I am kind of shocked he didn't get nominated because I thought he was really good in it. Yeah. And I know during when it was making the rounds on the on the film circuits, the festival circuits, he was getting a lot of praise and won a couple of different Best Actor awards for it. Um, and I can see why. Um, all right, real quick, um, before we wrap up, I'm going to try and hurry up and talk about 1917 that I finally saw. Mm-hmm. Actually, before I get into that, just... Real quick, I did watch Joker again, finally. Okay. Awake during the day. Very alert. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it more the second time. Okay. Still not my favorite movie of the year, but I did enjoy it. I could see why. There's more praise, at least from a techno- technological aspect, as far as like cinematography, filmmaking, uh, even editing. I'm not a fan of the music. I mean, the music's fine. But compared to 1917's music that seemed like a secondary character, like a second character to the movie, mm-hmm. I didn't think 
Joker's was like that. Right. But I did like it. I just didn't. And I kind of paid attention more to the score since she's won, I think, two different times. So yeah, um, she'll probably still win. But I think that 1917s is better, in my opinion. Um, so anyways, that's Joker, second second viewing. <laughs> um, did like it more. Um, he's obviously going to win Best Actor. It's said that from the minute I saw it. Yeah. But um, as a movie, I enjoyed it more. I didn't have a better appreciation for it, I guess is a good way to put it. Have a better appreciation for it. I, some of the things I didn't think I, you know, I was like, well, I didn't really see this. Like everybody said, I saw it better right. on the second viewing. Just, I think I was more alert, I guess. Yeah. Um, but so 1917 is a absolute masterpiece in filmmaking. Like Roma was for last year, as far as everything from, from the first shot to the last shot, just being a masterpiece of filmmaking that should be shown in all film schools. Right. That's when 1917 is. If you're looking for from a from a directorial standpoint, from a it's definitely from a cinematography standpoint, how to how to frame a shot, do all that. Yes, that is this movie hands down. Subject matter? I mean, it's a war movie. It, yeah. It's still it's still a war movie. Yeah. I'll go see a war movie. I don't think a war movie needs to win, like, or even be nominated every single time, you know, for Academy Award, but they do. But this... It earns it. <laughs> this earns it. I mean, this, I mean, this... They did it different. I mean, they didn't do just your by-the-numbers war movie, and that's, you know, it's so violent you have to watch it it's so meaningful because this is what happened blah 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 yeah no this is this earns it from a from a cinematic standpoint i mean if there's a movie you go okay there's movies and then there's films i guess is a good way to put it like the movies you saw were movies yeah that's a film this (laughs) is a film (laughs) i guess is how i like to distinguish it this is something you would teach in a class right on in that you would want your students to absorb as much as possible. The ones I watch more like this is what you don't do. <laughs> this is just what you do to earn a living. Yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah. This is your this is your pushing doing push-ups. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're doing push-ups for for the uh big strongman competition. Yeah. <laughs> there I made an analogy about working out. But I'll say <laughs> this is the first movie where the advertising and marketing for it match. You know like where they say well yeah. this is this this is that. Yeah, it showed improved that it is. <laughs> yeah. So for those that either haven't seen it or don't know much about it because they're like, oh, it's a war movie. I hate war movies. I go see them, but I'm not like, I'm not like looking for it. I mean, you're the one that had to go see Midway, not me. <laughs> so I'm not gushing for war movies. <laughs> that um, was, that, I think that was more for the promotional thing, get the free movie. Because, yeah, that's yeah. true. Otherwise, I wouldn't have. <laughs> right, right, right. So, real quick, the cinematographer is Roger Deakins, who is one of my all-time absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, he won he won an Academy Award for Best Cinematography for Blade Runner 2049, and definitely deserved it, because that movie is... I still need to watch that. Yeah. It's not... Like, if you're watching... Like, for... You don't watch Blade Runner for the plot, or, you know, you watch it for the sci-fi elements, yeah. and how it's able to incorporate everything, and how it looks... 
it looks astounding. Like, it's just beautiful. He, he earned that Oscar, and it should have been for, like, a lifetime also. Um, he's definitely, like, hands down one of my favorites. And it's just, I was, like, I didn't, I didn't care what all won that year as long as he won. <laughs> like, as long as he won, I'm yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I was good. Uh, that's all I needed to know. But uh, it's just uh, it's just a masterpiece. So he did Skyfall, he did Fargo, um, he did the first Sicario. Hmm. Let's see, he did the Goldfinch and 1917 in the same year. Wow. Yeah, uh, Hail Caesar. He was director of photography. Um, Unbroken, Prisoners, Skyfall, In Time. Even he even did Rango. <laughs> He was director of photography for True Grid, um, A Serious Man, The Reader, Doubt, uh, Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward uh, Robert, whatever. Um, In a Country for Old Men, Jarhead, which is also a great one, um, and a war one. And he actually took a lot of techniques that he used in Jarhead and applied it into uh, 1917. Um, as far as like with the lighting and fire and stuff like that, a beautiful mind. Oh brother, where art thou? I mean, it goes on. Big Lebowski, Courage Under Fire, Fargo, um, Shawshank. I mean, I just can keep going on and on and on. But yeah, I mean, he's got thirty to he's got thirty plus years of experience doing this, and it's just a it's just a amazing his his career. Yes. Um, so he wanted the film to be immersive and to make the audience feel that, feel the urgency of the soldier's journey, um, by staying with them every step of the way, which is why they're doing the, making it seem like it's just all one take, even though it's not, Yeah. but it's just so fluid. The editing helps there. Um, but because the camera would often be doing 360 degree moves, there was nowhere to place any lights or lighting equipment. Um, he was really worried about getting the right type of weather because, um, just the year before in the UK, there wasn't a cloud in the sky for months. Um, they shot April 1st to mid-July. So they, you know, it's a good time to do it, I guess. Yeah. But, so they ended up doing, um, they shot in England. So some of these places I'm not going to even know, but they dug about a half mile of trenches, um, at an old airfield or at an airfield and, then they shot, you know, a lot of uh, landscape in another place. That's a huge military testing site that is mostly untouched grassland. Mm-hmm. So they would be, he tells a story about how they would be shooting, or they would be shooting a scene, and then you could actually hear them practicing, like the military actually practicing yeah. off in the distance, which, you know, worked out because they were able to, you know, more or less use those sounds too. Um, Just use it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But they also shot, um, let's see, so they end up having to use a slightly larger format that gives you an image with less focus, a little less depth for the same equivalent um, angle of view compared to, this gets into nerdy cameras, a super 35 millimeter size sensor. Um, he liked the idea because the stills from the First World War have that kind of quality. Right. So he tried to mimic um, those things. Yes, I'm reading the highlighted areas from the American Cinematographer magazine, which he was featured in, because I did homework, (laughs) and I highlighted as if I was doing homework. Um, But they had, him and uh, 
Deacons and Sam Mendes um, storyboarded the entire script in a very rough way, and then when they started rehearsing with the actors, um, without a set, to figure out the timing, um, he said, for instance, we'd mark out a trench line and have the actors, um, played by George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman, um, the two main actors, walk it, play the action, and run the dialogue with stand-ins, and then they'd figure out how long the trench needed to be to facilitate that. Then they shot another rehearsal with little point-and-shoot cameras that mimicked the uh, the camera they were they would later use. Once they knew precisely what the set had to be, uh, the production designer and his crew could get to work. So they nearly tested everything. Roger Deakins even had the company that makes the cameras that they were using mm-hmm. make a lighter version of one of the cameras Good. in order for them to be able to do that kind of continuous, cam- shot, continuous shot and follow them without it being too heavy on the yeah. camera person. Yeah. And they, they got, and so when you're filming and the pretty much the time frame that he gave them to the time that they actually started filming was, I want to say like two months. Wow. So in two months they made a wider weight camera version and it was a prototype. And so they started shooting with that one. And mm-hmm. then the company ended up sending them two more later, wow. you know, later on. So they could use those as well. And so the, they figured out different rigs. They they kind of debated on, like, uh, you know, the uh, cameras they use in football where you see them flying across mm-hmm. the same. So they were trying to figure out a way to use those for when they were, you know, walking in the trench, when they would um, kind of bird's eye view. Yeah. When you kind of swooped up to do kind of bird's eye to show them in the trenches and then come back down. They were trying to find a... They were having a hard time, um, especially on certain days, because the wind would be higher, so it'd move it around and not. So they were having a hard time figuring that out, and then the, like shooting some of the scenes in the bunkers um, with the lighting, because that was one of my things was, how are they doing the lighting? Like, how do you, because you're going from the outdoors where there's exactly. natural light to to this cave or this bunker area right, where there's right. not any Right. Like, how do you adjust? Like, how does your camera adjust? That's not easy to do. Nope. <laughs> so, I think that's, you know, one of those things when people watch a movie, they don't really think about. Yeah. But it's one of those things that's tricky. And so, the um, one of the things they did, the their little flashlights that they had, mm-hmm. that they, you know, put on their, their rifles and everything, they actually took the bulbs out and put little LEDs, and then they kind of roughed it up. Like, kind of sandblasted it. Yeah. To make it look like it had been used. Wow. To kind of give it still kind of gave a bright light, but yet it was still kind of kind of dim yeah. at the time because it had been they'd sandblasted it. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, and then they had uh, they installed the lamps, kind of like a lamps or kind of fire that they were able to dim and make brighter depending on how close and how far away they were. Right. And a lot of that came into when they rehearsed. They can they were able to kind of figure that out. See, that's why they won. That's why Bro, won. he's going to win. I mean, <laughs> yep. just go ahead and mark Deacons down for for best uh, cinematographer. I'm not going to re- – I've still got, like, probably two more pages worth of stuff, but I'm not going to get into it. If you would like – if you're interested and curious about how the technical aspects of how they did a lot of the camera shots and stuff like that, I recommend picking up the, the uh, January issue of American Cinematographer – or looking it up, I'm sure the article's online to be able to read. Right. Or interviews with Deacons about it. It is a fascinating reading. He also actually talks about shooting the Goldfinch, too. Because mm-hmm. he also, since um, 
and some of the different things that they did, which is also fascinating too, how they did um, trying to shoot a daylight scene in a bedroom when it's pitch black out with natural glowing light coming, you know, natural yeah. sunlight coming. That's very fascinating um, how they set that up. I'll say one thing, even though it was following the two two, two main so, characters, it's kind of like us, the audience, was like the third person that was right we were the entire way. Yeah, and there are some cameos. I mean, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has a little cameo at the end. Yeah. Um, they're all British actors. Um, Colin Firth is in the beginning part of it, and I liked how the if you one of the things I really liked was the movie starts and ends, I don't want to say at the same place, but in the same way. Because they're both laying up against, you know, taking naps, laying up against a tree. Yeah. And then um, it does the same thing at the end, too. Yeah. I liked I liked how that happened. That, I liked, that was a nice touch. Didn't have to be, but I like how that, you know, the journey starts here and then it ends. The same way you began. The same way you began it. So I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. And, yeah, it's definitely one of, it's definitely a work of, it's definitely a, uh, a masterpiece. And the acting's amazing in it. I mean, from top to bottom, yeah, it's going to win all the things. Yeah, as it should. <laughs> yeah, as it should, yeah. it's And it's not one that's like one of those they just you know, keep shoveling money to, to try and get, you know, to try and win. No, it's well deserved. No, it's, this is. For what they did. I mean, that, yeah. it's, it's not easy doing continuous track and shot in one scene let alone a whole movie right and deacons was kind of apprehensive about it at first when he first got he goes i don't know about this you know i don't see how we're going to be able to do this and then when he read the script through he's like okay challenge that's like okay yeah pretty much it's like all right we might be able to do this yeah they did they knocked it out oh yeah um dude i totally forgot to write down trailers um yeah there's movies coming out (laughs) um they did some Super Bowl spots. Um, they had a Black Widow one. They had a Top Gun one. A new Mulan final trailer. Um, another James Bond one. Uh, Quiet Place one. So they've had a couple. Oh, oh my God. Our soap opera trailer for our. For, oh, what I refer to as my as soap opera for men. Yeah. Um. The the new Fast and Furious Nine trailer has dropped. Oh man. Hans back, bro. I'm just like, how? It's a soap opera, man. People come yeah. back from the dead all the time. Yeah. I guess it's secretly in the Marvel Universe, I guess. When Thanos said, or when Hulk said, everybody comes back. So Dude, they brought back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. That's amazing. There was actually a meme I, I meant to, po- to send you. Yeah. yeah. It has the Hulk said, everybody comes back, and you have Han coming out, you know, whatever he was eating. Just Post it on the page. It'll be if awesome. I can, if I can find it, out. I'll, I'll yeah, do yeah. It. You can find it. Go do it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Huh. Wow, how are they going to do Paul Walker, though? <laughs> Not I mean, everybody. I mean, they did Tarkin and, and, I mean, yeah. and Rogue One, so. I mean, yeah. It's creepy as they it could, is. They can do it. They, that's true. They they probably could. I hope they don't. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, and then I guess the Visible Man had a spot. And yeah, it's uh, Sonic. God, that movie. You know I'm gonna have to see that. I don't want to, but you know I'm gonna have I'm to. I'm gonna see it just because it's '90s Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim Carrey. I mean, it, I know. Do you want to take my kids to go see it then? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't have to. Oh man! All right, I guess that's it. Um, let's see. Oh, not that I'm gonna have a chance to see any of these, 
<laughs> this, right. this week. Um, but, you know, next week I'll definitely get into it. Um, so, coming out Friday, Birds of Prey's coming out, man. It's my... I'm excited for that. Um, That'll probably be a before work. Yeah. It's like a 10.30 showing. I'm like, oh, okay. Might, maybe yeah. do that. So, Birds of Prey comes out Friday. The Lodge looks interesting. It's a horror movie. Or at least a thriller. I think I've seen that trailer. Okay. I think we posted it, but yeah, we'll pull it up. And then we danced. Um, don't remember this one, but I know I looked at it. And those are the three that come out. And then Friday, of course, um, we'll drop our special Oscars episode with our special guest who will be named. Uh, I want to just be a surprise. Oh, yeah. You'll know when you hear it. <laughs> yep. And if you're in Nashville, you know who it is. If you're not in Nashville, you'll learn who it is. Right. So, um, very excited though, and like I said, I'm a little bit nervous, but it'll be all right. And that's it, and then the uh, Oscars are Sunday night, so when we come back on our next episode Monday, we will be uh, doing a wrap up and seeing who all we'll see how how we did. We'll see who our winner is for the uh, for the ballot challenge, and uh, go from there. Yep, and then we'll. Uh, We'll see what movies we have time to go see between now and then. Right. I guess I'll probably be talking about all the ones, I, all the other Oscar ones I will have seen by then, which is fine. I'll, I think I'll at least have watched The Gentleman and Birds of Prey oh, okay. next week. So. All right. Yeah. Look at you being ambitious. Yeah. yeah. Why not? <laughs> I'm not crazy like you trying to see all the best picture movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's just to help. I mean, I know 1917 is going to win. Yeah. But I, I want to do it so I can... I, it's always a challenge to me yeah. to try and watch them all. So that way, you at least have an idea. Like, I have I've perspective. These, yeah, I can talk this. more to it. Yeah. So, and I kind of want to be that knowledgeable when I have said Oscar episode on Thursday. So, right. four days to try and knock them out, knock out three movies. Yeah, we no, can do it. No pressure. You can do it. <laughs> all right, all right. For me, your host Jeff Hall and my awesome co-host Patrick Terry. We will see you post Oscars. Woo-hoo!